What's up, everyone? You're tuning into RNFM Radio, and this is episode 180. That's right, 180. So exciting. Why? Well, it's one more than 179. It's one more show. It's one. It's just one more. One more piece of entertaining and valuable content to share with you, the listeners out there. And we hope that you're finding the value. And we know you are because you're listening and you're tuning in and we love it and we appreciate it. We thank you so much. We are grateful. We are thankful. We actually talked about that on a show, but we're always grateful and thankful for each and every one of you. Today's show is going to be fun. We have a reunion, just a little bit of a reunion, some friends getting together, some old friends, old in the sense of the last couple of years kind of thing, uh, because of course, we've only known each other for a few years. But it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And there's going to be some things that are said today on today's show that are about me that are true. Yep, they're true. I'll admit it. And I'll even admit it on the show today. So whatever is said, yes, it really happened. Yes, I really did that. Eh, it's nothing like crazy or anything. They're, those, those are for another show. Those are for episode like 200 or something like that. Anyway, today is episode 180. And you are hanging out on the pulse of nursing. RNFM Radio, we appreciate it. Tuning in from your mobile devices everywhere it is that you go. We are with you and we appreciate that. And speaking of appreciation, thank you for your time. And I'll zip it and we'll get right into the show. Okay. Kevin's the man behind the curtain. Yeah. <gasps> Oz. I am. Isn't that great? I am Oz. Yeah. So, Kevin, you are the magical Oz behind RNFM Radio, aren't you? I am the magical Oz uh, being, yes, I guess when you're in a production capacity around here at mm-hmm. RNFM Radio, and especially when we have technical difficulties, then the Oz has to really come out. So That's it does. right. Yes. That's right. And you know what? Um, here we are at episode 180, and our one of our Dorothys has returned to the fold. <laughs> and um, Yes, she is definitely true. a Dorothy. She... She's a Dorothy, you know, sure. Elizabeth's a Dorothy too, yes. but you know, um, we won't, well, I don't know who Toto is, but, but however, we are really, really happy because Dr. Renee Thompson is here and she is absolutely a true champion for nurses. She's been on RNFM radio. Gosh, I don't even know how many times Renee's been on the show, but there's going to be many more, but after more than 25 years as a nurse, nurse educator, and nurse executive, Renee is now considered a leading authority on nurse bullying, professional development, and clinical competence. She's the CEO and president of RT Connections, LLC, at rtconnections.com. And she's been repeatedly published, interviewed, and awarded for her work to educate, connect, and inspire current and future nurses. And Renee Thompson, you are so awesome. I've seen you twice this year already. I'm seeing you in February, and it's so great to have you back on the show. Well, thank you, Keith and Kevin. It's always good to be back here. And, you know, what started out as just, you know, on social media, uh, retweeting each other's uh, posts, uh, then became an interview on the fabulous RNFM radio station. And now it's really morphed into this uh, friendship that that we've developed over the years. It's, It's an awesome experience. So thank you for inviting me back. Sure. It's great. And, you know, the three of us were together at the National Nurses and Business Association Conference in Orlando a couple years ago, and we have a picture of Kevin in a sombrero to prove Is that going to get posted? <laughs> Maybe we should put that in the show notes. Oh, my I God, yeah. I think you should. You have to do that. That was, that was so much fun. I know. We had a that's great time. That's got to be in the show notes. Okay. That's, that's a done deal. Um, and I think the power of social right. media, I think, again, we I like to just take a moment to capture 
how powerful it really is. Because Renee, you did say that. That's how we really met. I mean, that's initially how we met online. And we have met in the flesh and hung out. And now we're buds. Colleagues and buds. And, you know, I I don't think people truly understand that kind of power. And it it does. It rains. uh, It goes deep. And it's broad. And it gets us together. I mean, it's like a reunion online. And it's a reunion in person. And right now we're having a reunion online today on our podcast and hopefully I heard something about you guys heading down south so maybe I'm going to see if my schedule permits to meet both of you down in Austin. That's right and you know speaking of the show notes Kevin for episode 180 why don't we do this at um, rnfmradio.com forward slash NCLEX because we're talking about the NCLEX today. Does that sound okay? I think so especially because we are talking about the NCLEX. I think that'll be very relevant in our search and people will understand what this is about. Yeah, so we'll get to that momentarily. But Renee, first of all, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and tell us what's up in your life in terms of bullying, fighting bullying. Not Well, you're not fighting. You're working to, to dismantle the culture of bullying and nursing, let's say that. So what's the latest right now? What's going on? Well, um, you know, this is my passion is, is really helping individuals and organizations stop the cycle of, of nurse bullying, you know, and, and you've probably heard these statistics before, but, you know, 60% of all new nurses quit their first job within the first six months, you know, due to the bad behavior of their coworkers. And there was a newer study that came out, you know, 48% of all graduating nurses are afraid that they're going to become the target of nurse bullying. And I used to say almost every day of my life, somebody reaches out to me asking for help. Well, now, unfortunately, I can say every single day, nurses reach out to me for help. And you know what? I'm seeing a lot of student nurses reaching out to me. You know, I'm passionate about student nurses and new nurses. Um, And so, you know, I just had a conversation with uh, somebody who's a clinical uh, uh, instructor at a university. And we had this conversation. I said, we have to, first of all, we have to um, address bad behavior when they're students or else they enter into the workplace thinking it's okay to behave that way. And also we have to teach these newer nurses the strategies when they're students to professionally address disruptive behaviors if they're exposed to it. So, you know, I'm spending a lot of time helping uh, organizations, you know, implement the strategies to create more of a professional work environment, uh, a work environment where we as nurses thrive and we're able to, you know, work together as a team to effectively care for our patients. So, yep, uh, I've got actually a a new book that I'll be uh, writing over the holidays. Uh, I'm not sure what the title is. Here's the working title. It's 100 strategies to stop the cycle of nurse bullying. It's going to be quick, down and dirty strategies. So I'm, I'm trying to come up with as many uh, tools for nurses to be able to to address this problem. So Renee, I actually wanted to ask because I immediately came to my mind, and, and I think I've asked this uh, before on another show, and I'm not sure if you were on the show, but just are you seeing any traction, any footing in, in, in a course correction there when it comes to the bullying? Or is it also one of those situations where we're just now, and when I mean like now, not like in the next, in the last five minutes, but in the last few years, really starting to pay attention to it. So there's still a lot of data collection going on and a lot of people paying attention to that or keeping their finger on that pulse and starting to report it. So is it one of those things like, are we finding some footing in that, in that place? And also, is it just that more and more is coming to the surface as we talk about it? 
Well, I, I think people are becoming more aware, and I, I really think it, it's related to the focus of bullying in primary schools, you know, in children and in middle schools and high schools, because so there's so much attention related to childhood bullying that adults are saying, well, wait a minute, we're seeing the same things with adults in our workplaces. So I think people are starting to have more conversations about it. And here's something that's very interesting. You know, there's a big focus right now on patient satisfaction and on, um, you know, HCAPs and taking a look at the patient experience. Well, one thing that we know is that when organizations have a high rate of bullying, they have worse patient outcomes. And because now we're looking at the changes in healthcare, and we're looking in particular at reimbursements being tied to clinical outcomes and patient satisfaction scores, organizations are starting to recognize that if they have employees who are toxic, it undermines everything that they're trying to accomplish and it affects their bottom line. So I'm starting to get more interest and more awareness, I think, from the leadership teams to say, okay, we've got a problem here and we need to do something about it. So I actually am seeing more of a recognition that this is a problem that needs to be addressed instead of before we would just sweep it under the rug. Well, that's just the way she is. You know, Don't worry about it. Don't take it personally. So I, we are seeing uh, a trend, I think, uh, in a positive direction. That's great, Renee. And we'd love to talk more about this. And we'll probably have to just have you back on the show in 2016 to talk about some of the latest developments in bullying and sure. the, the, um, the work you're doing against it, which is just so important. So we're actually here today to talk about the NCLEX. And we've never really discussed the NCLEX on the show, have we, Kevin? Well, we've talked about a little test anxiety and maybe a little bit on how our personally how we prepped for NCLEX, but nothing to the degree that we're going to be going into today. So right, we're going to go, exactly. we're going to do a deep dive today. And I think Renee is going to be awesome to talk to about this. That's right. So Renee, there's a lot to talk about and we will get to the process, the, not the um, project you're doing with your business partner, Louise Jakubic, and we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about her. She couldn't be here today, unfortunately. And she's a wonderful person from the Nurse Mentoring Institute. But having said that, when it comes to NCLEX, you know, before nurses can even get into the profession and be at risk of bullying or at risk of all the different things that happen to them, both wonderful and not so wonderful as nurses, they have to pass this high stress, high risk, high, what would you call it? High stakes testing experience. So sure. tell us a little bit about your take on, you know, what makes it so high stakes and what are the really what are the things that really have people tied up in knots about the NCLEX? Yeah, well when you think about it, you know, nursing school isn't cheap. And whether uh, if you look at the two different types of students, you have your traditional student. Uh, they graduate high school, they go into a two or four year program. Um, either they take out student loans, some of them are working and going to school, but many of them, they have parents who are supporting them. So from the traditional student's perspective, there's a lot of pressure on them when they graduate after all that money is spent on their education for them to pass the exam that will determine whether or not they can take all that education and do something with it, and that's work as a nurse. Then you think on the flip side, you have the non-traditional student. That was me when I was went to nursing school. I had two kids, and I was an associate degree uh, nurse. That's how I started. Well, 
it was so difficult for me to carve out the time to go to school, to pay for school when I had two young children. Um, so when I sat for the NCLEX, I felt an enormous amount of pressure on my shoulders to pass that exam the first time. And there's this whole stigma. You know, people know that you've graduated. They know that you're going to be taking the NCLEX. And there's all of this focus on, did you pass? Did you pass? Did you pass? So there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves and that our peers put on, you know, us and, or the, you know, the students and um, their parents and their family members. So there's an enormous amount of pressure to pass the exam the first time. Enormous. Well, and I think there's also, too, this kind of split uh, feeling in academia. And I know talking to my professors when I was in uh, the University of Colorado where, and, and I know this, being a father and having kids, teaching to the test and then actually teaching some of the the content and the information that is really valuable to you as a student nurse that you'll be utilizing as a nurse in your practice, you know, once you do pass. So there was, you know, the professors there that that really seemed to be focused on teaching to the test or at least the NCLEX or getting us used to taking tests and in that format. And then others trying to find that balance of sharing information that was more relevant to the practice because I do think that there is quite a difference. And I think when nurses kind of either hit the floor or the organization or wherever they're working as a nurse, they find out like, wow, this, you know, I thought I knew, you know, I I figured out that I know nothing. I mean, you know, I I got the foundation from school and I was able to at least take and pass a test, hopefully. But ultimately, there's so much more learning that occurs after that, obviously. Oh, my God, you're so right. And, you know, when when I went to nursing school years ago, there wasn't a focus as much uh, on passing the NCLEX now. You know, if you're in a baccalaureate program, you have to go through HESI, the HESI exam. If you're an associate program, you usually do something like an ATI testing. There is so much time and energy spent on preparing student nurses to pass the NCLEX that I think it's taking away time for them to learn all those other things that you're talking about, Kevin, the things that are going to help you really be successful in your first year as a nurse, that transition into professional practice. And, you know, I don't blame the schools for focusing so much on passing because, you know, they have to have an NCLEX pass rate. Their their funding and their accreditation is actually, you know, based on their NCLEX pass rates. And if you don't have a certain pass rate, then your school's in jeopardy. So there's a, a greater focus uh, today uh, than ever before on, on passing the exam. And, you know, when we start talking about the project that Louise and I are, are doing, it's, it's exactly why we designed this educational program um, the way we did. It's because, yes, they need to pass the NCLEX, but they also need to know what are the strategies to, to really launch your, your, your you know, career as a nurse. You know, that first year, what do you need to be successful beyond the NCLEX? Good point, Renee. Right, because we can prepare them for the test and our culture, our society, at least here in the United States, is very based on high stakes tests, you know, in junior high, middle school, high school, college, even in elementary school, when funding for schools is based on pass rates of tests and testing scores. So we're not going to get all into that because Kevin's a parent of young kids, and I'm sure he could talk about that forever (laughs) because it affects all of our children. I'm glad my son is in his 30s now, and I don't have to worry about any of that. If he takes the, uh, you know, if he has to take the test to get into grad school, it's on him at this point. But what I want to say is that there are different types of test strategy 
preparation. And there's, I think there are strategies out there that are really good. And there's some strategies out there that might not be quite as effective as others. So mm-hmm. do you have a strong opinion about what works and doesn't work when we're talking strictly about preparing for the NCLEX? What do you think is going on out there? Well, I think there are a lot of uh, programs out there. A lot of companies offer NCLEX preparation courses. Um, you know, there's Hearst Review, there's uh, Kaplan, uh, a lot of schools bring in even independent people to, to do this, and those are all great. Um, but as you said, Kevin, you know, uh, teaching to the test is one thing. But I think, um, first of all, to be able to pass an exam, any exam, uh, it's part knowledge. You have to have the knowledge. But you also have to have the strategy. And this is where I think uh, some uh, programs don't uh, do as good of a job uh, teaching people. It's actually the strategies on how to pass the exam and how to prepare for the exam. Um, and, and, you know, Louise and I are both um, experienced test takers, and we know the strategies to pass an exam. You know, I always tell people, I don't, uh, I've been, you know, taking exams for a long time, and, and I always do very, very well on exams, and I'm not that smart, okay? But I tell people, but it's because I, I know the I beg to str- differ. <laughs> well, <laughs> I always say it's because I know the strategies, and um, Louise and I both teach a lot of certification review courses, you know, getting nurses ready to pass the certification exam. Some of those strategies are the same strategies that we teach student nurses to be able to pass the NCLEX. So for example, you have to to understand how um, to, to answer the question in the testing environment. And the only way that you're going to do that is by doing, doing numerous questions. So here's just a, a basic test taking strategy. And I've, I've worked with a lot of student nurses who were struggling to pass the exam. Sometimes people will recommend somebody contact me. They, they're a student nurse. They've graduated. They've taken the NCLEX and they haven't passed. So they come to me. And this is what I tell them to do. You need to do 100 questions a day. So you do 100 questions. You identify all the questions that you got wrong. Put the book down. Put it aside. Then get up the next day and review the questions that you got wrong. Why did you get it wrong? You know, is there something that maybe you don't understand well enough that you need to go back and do a review? You do another 100 questions and then you identify what you got wrong and then you put it aside and you do the same thing the next day. And you do this day after day. You know, uh, Louise and I both recommend that, you know, you start studying, you know, at least three to four months before the exam and start doing heavy test questions um, at least several weeks before the exam. Um, and then I always tell people, don't do any test questions the day before the exam. You need to give your brain a break. You need to give your brain a rest and not to to really study or do any test questions before the exam. So that's just one example of a strategy, you know, that uh, I in particular teach is um, doing those test questions. Well, and I, that's what I've always told people that was successful for me. And I think that we each have to find our, I think that's subjective. And I think that we have to dial in on what we feel most comfortable with because mm-hmm. I know that I, that's what I was doing. So rather than saying study for the test, I, uh, and of course during this time it was CD-ROM. So it was a matter of getting a bunch of CDs and taking a bunch of practice tests and then saying, you know, setting a limit, working my way up. So starting with say 50 questions, working up to a hundred and then a couple hundred, uh, a day. Uh, you know, for, for, let's say like a couple of weeks, like I had this strategy Mm -hmm. and then there was also the thing. Well, so I knew that I was going to have to go to a testing center and sit next to other people. So 
like, okay, well, is there a library around that I could bring a laptop to and I could be around other people, maybe some other just minor distractions of people moving, you know, shuffling uh, their feet or whatever that is, but still taking the test around other people because I knew I was going to a testing center where other people were going to be. So that for me worked. I mean, I remember when I sat down uh, at the testing center and the questions came up, I was so thankful because I saw, I, I was like, oh my gosh, I've seen these questions. Like I've seen all of these questions yep. and mm-hmm. that's really what worked. Instead of me opening up the books, cause I knew the information, I knew the information. I felt comfortable with the information. So I'm like, rather than me like opening up books or looking at old notes, like all the time and trying to study as I was studying for a test prior, like I knew the info. So it was a matter of just me practicing that process of taking the test. And to your point, I knew if I missed something, I would go back to my notes and then try to, you know, discover what it was, like why, you know, I missed it. But ultimately just getting in that mindset of test taking. And that's really what was successful because I remember the machine cutting off at question 75. After I answered 75, then it was done. So I'd either failed miserably or I did really well. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Right. Well, obviously you did really well, but 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 that's the key, Kevin, is, you know, if you've gone through nursing school, you've already read the material, you've studied for the exams that you have in school. When you're preparing for the NCLEX, it's about going through the test questions. And the more test questions that you, you do and you get used to how they ask the questions, the better prepared you're going to be when you actually sit for the, the formal exam. It, it's, it's really getting into the, the testing environment. That's a good point, Renee. And, you know, um, it's those darn questions where there's four answers and two of them could be right. That's what gets us every time. I have the perfect solution for that. And I tell us about that all the time. This this is what I tell. And I'll just give you this is uh, one of my very best test taking strategies. So let's say you have you have a question. A lot of people get nervous and they start reading the question and immediately they start looking at the answers, hoping that they find an answer that, you know, is the right answer before they even finish reading the question. Like read the whole question first. Do not look at the answers. Even if you have to cover the answers with your hand on the computer, read the question. And then, you know, you want to look. What are the key words? What are they asking me? Um, What do I think I would do? And then you read every single answer. Let's say you're not sure. You read all four answers, you're not sure. The first thing that you do is you eliminate an answer that you know is not correct. Let's say you have A, B, C, and D. If you're not sure at all, let's say you read and you're like, oh, I know it's not D. I know it's not D. Then you eliminate D immediately. And that, then what you do is now you only have three, three answers that your brain has to process. When you have three answers, then you look at those three and you think, okay, can I eliminate another one? Let's say you eliminate A. Like, I I don't think it's A either. When you get down to say B and C, sometimes when you look at B and C and you still can't figure it out, you think, oh, it's 50-50. I don't know. It could be B. It could be C. I'm not sure. I don't know. When you get to that point, what I always tell people to do is go back to the question. Usually in every single question, there's a clue in the question that's going to help you answer that question. So um, I'll, I'll give you an example of a test question that I that I use when um, I'm teaching nurses um, like certification. I'll say your patient's experiencing a severe GI bleed. What would you ex- anticipate the physician to order as a first priority to address the patient's fluid needs? And you've got, let's say... Um, 
um, send the patient down for x-ray, um, decrease the gastric acid, um, you know, with some bicarbonate, um, do vital signs or give IV fluids. And nurses were like, well, of course, I'm not going to decrease the you know, pH of the, the gastric fluids. I'm not going to send the patient down, you know, to, to verify that he's got some, you know, GI bleed. Um, I'm going to do vital signs, of course. But I'm also going to give fluids, of course. What do I do? Oh, my gosh, I've got to give fluids. I'm going to do vital signs. I'm going to do fluids. They go back and forth, back and forth. Go back to the question. The question said, which one of these would you expect as a priority to address the patient's fluid needs? The answer is the fluids because oh. that's what, of course, you're going to do vital signs. Of course, you're going to do vital signs, but that's not what the question is asking you. So when you get down to two questions and you're not sure you're 50, 50, go back to the question or if you, you know, two answers, 50, 50, go back to the question. Let's say you still can't figure it out. You're 50, 50. Here's one of the test taking sins that many uh, students and experienced nurses have, they will sit there for 20 minutes trying to figure it out. I don't know. Is it B or is it C? Is it B or is it C? This is what I tell them to do. If you get down to two answers and you truly cannot figure it out, don't spend 20 minutes. You do this instead. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. catch a tiger by the toe. Okay. Pick one and move on. You have a 50, 50 chance of getting it. And here's why this strategy works. When you spend 20 minutes on one question, it affects your ability to answer the rest of the questions because it sucks the energy out of your brain. It increases your cortisol levels, which is part of your stress response, and it decreases your chances that you're going to pass the other, you're going to get the other questions right. You cannot, that's usually one of the number one problems when I'm talking to somebody. It's the number one problem that they have. They will spend 20 minutes on one question. Stop doing that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I even tell my kids the same thing. Like, like if you if you don't know that answer, go on to the next one. Because I think that that obviously, especially if, if you're timed, you know, you don't want to run out of time and miss out on 10 questions. I know that that might be a different scenario, but you don't want to miss out on the yeah. 10 answers that you definitely know. So exactly. get that. Right. And then also you're building a little confidence along the way. Now I realize it's yep. not a written test, but if it were in that format, I remember doing that in school saying, you know, I'm just going to do the ones I, I definitely know this answer. I definitely know this answer. Then go back to that one and give it a little bit more time and thought. Cause all the other stuff I feel good about, like emotionally, I feel strong. I feel good about the other answers. So if I need to give this a little bit more time, fine. Cause I've already completed the other aspects, but I, I do agree. I think just move on. I mean, 50, 50 think, chance process of elimination is good. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's great, Renee. And, and a lot of people need to hear this. I should have heard it back in the day because I did not pass the NCLEX the first time I took it. I think I've said that here on the show before. If I haven't, I said it now. So it was a devastating experience. And I wish I had had these types of clues at that time because I think I didn't have good preparation in terms of the course that I took. So one question I'd like to ask you, Renee, is, um, oh, now you're both thinking, oh, my God, no wonder he's such an awful nurse. Oh, stop that. <laughs> no, of course, no. I'm just a bad test taker. Yeah. I'm not a very good test taker. If you gave me a, a um, give me a written test, an essay test, I can blow it out of the water. Well, I can, you know. Well, let's, I can let's uh, yeah, I know you could. Write my way out of anything. You could, but so, well, I was going to say, though, what about special accommodation? <laughs> Just just before we get onto the next piece, as far as 
I, I don't know what the testing centers offer as, as far as special accommodation. I don't know that you really needed that, Keith, but I mean, for those who might, who... I needed like a, a cone of silence, a room where, you know, there was, you know, oxygen pumped in and, you know, I could make myself a nice latte, you know, halfway <laughs> through the test. And yeah, they don't let you do that in these testing centers. <laughs> no, they don't. They're horrible, awful places usually. No, but, but I do recommend that people wear earplugs so they don't hear the, oh. you know, noise of uh, the people sitting around them. Here's something else that people don't even realize. There's simple strategies, okay, that people don't even think about. But, you know, some of us are morning birds and, or, you know, and some of us are night owls. If you do really well in the morning, then schedule your exam in the morning. If you don't do well in the morning, but you're a night owl, schedule it for as late in the day as possible. It's when your brain is the the most active and the most focused. You know, little things like that. If you're distracted by other people, bring in those foam earplugs so that you can't hear the people next to you. Um, You know, if you suffer from test-taking anxiety, there's a lot of strategies that you can use to decrease that anxiety. That's right. So anxiety decreasing decreasing um, techniques would be really important. And I'm sure there's plenty of places to, to learn those. Some people I know have gone to hypnotherapists and I'm not talking like the hypnotists that come to your local town and make people walk around like chickens. I'm mm-hmm. talking about certified health professionals who practice hypnotherapy, clinical hypnotherapy. And they're very, very skilled, many of them, at the the techniques for decreasing anxiety, especially around things like tests and surgeries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But Renee, I wanted to ask you a question. You know, Kevin talked about studying in a library where there's other people around. You talked about wearing earplugs. I would actually say noise canceling headphones if they'll let you bring those in. They probably won't. Mm-hmm. But what about studying and learning in a group context rather than on your own? I know some people are like, no, I'm going to sit in my living room and I'm going to study. Or some people say, no, I'm absolutely taking a course and I'm absolutely going to study with my my study group from school. So what are your recommendations around that? Is it personal preference or is there something more to it than that? Yeah, I think it is personal preference. So I love learning in group environments. I love discussing uh, concepts and I love, um, you know, practicing and doing, you know, using games. You know what I mean? I'm a big gamer. I love to play games. So I think it, it plays a role. I, I think it can be helpful. Um, but there are other people who are more, say, introverted, who l- like to study independently. And I, I think it's personal preference. And I also think, though, uh, the people who are more extroverted like me, who like to do things in groups, I think you have to limit that. That can't be the only thing that you do. I think you definitely need some independent study time. And like I said, don't doing those questions independently because when you're taking that exam, you're not going to have your group. It's you. So I think um, it can help you to at least understand, especially complex concepts. And one of the things that I do, even when I teach um, certification review courses, I, I focus on core concepts. Um, you know, one, one thing that I say a lot is, you know, the, the body does two things and two things only, and it's bringing oxygen and nutrients to deliver to the cells and to get rid of, you know, carbon dioxide and waste products. And everything in our body is designed to make sure that we're doing those two things. So if you know some of these key concepts with the human body, then you can almost apply it to any question and figure out some of those more difficult questions. Because let me just tell you, and you know this, if your patient's not breathing, yeah, that's going to be the priority. And we kind of know that. But if you understand these key concepts, and that's where a study group can help, can help you take something more complex and, 
and have somebody maybe explain it in a, in a way that's more simple. But you, you have you cannot rely just on study groups. You have to do some independent time. I did I did a little bit of both, and I appreciated the the study group as part of. So thinking uh, me now, like I I always like I am my my own worst or best competition because I'm always trying to one up myself and that's who I'm in competition with rather than somebody else. Mm -hmm. But I know that through nursing school and through that testing, that test prep process, I felt like my colleagues, my student, my mates that I was in school with for these years together, that they also wanted to, they they wanted to challenge the group. So we would get in small groups and I felt like they were going to grab questions that maybe I wouldn't have grabbed for myself because I felt like, oh, that's way too challenging right now. But they wanted to just kind of one up and see, and we could dialogue back and forth regarding the answers. So I had a bit of a mix there where we were trying to challenge each other. And I think, again, picking questions that we on our own might not have chosen to start with. Uh, but right out of the gate, sometimes we just really started challenging each other. And but but and I appreciated that mix. But you're right. You're on your own. You're sitting in front of that computer screen yeah. one on one. So, again, I spent more time doing that by myself, on my own, holding myself accountable and doing that. And just, like I said, setting my my standard to start with this many questions per day and working my way up. And then, of course, yeah, just taking off for a few days before I went to actually take the NCLEX. And that's what worked for me. That's great, Kevin. Good, good stuff to share. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Renee? Do you think, have you met people who just, there's one thing that works for them. That's how they know their brain works and they know they can do it. So that confidence kind of moves them along and they, they know they can pull it off. I I sometimes see that more for people say who are older and more mature Mm -hmm. for the younger population. I don't even think they know yet. You know, I don't think they figured that out. And, you know, they, uh, sometimes when, when when they're exposed to a lot of different study methods, uh, sometimes it can actually cause more anxiety because some person says, do it this way, and somebody else says, no, do it that way, and they haven't developed enough to actually figure out what works best for me. And so I, I always tell uh, student nurses, you, you have to be open-minded. You have to consider that there are a lot of different ways that you can study and prepare for this exam. What's the way that's going to help you to answer the most questions right so it's all about doing those testing questions. If you do the practice questions, you know, so let's say, and I don't know that I would necessarily recommend you experiment in this way, but, you know, you, you do study group after study group, and then you do a, a couple hundred questions and you don't do well. Uh, and then you study on your own and you do all these questions and you do well. And then that tells me you're probably better off studying on your own. But if the opposite is true, if you do much better on these test questions after spending time with your study group, then it tells me you you learn better in groups. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I don't know that waiting until right before you take the NCLEX is it's that's the best time to figure this out. Um, I would maybe suggest doing something like that while you're in school and being very thoughtful about what is the best way that I learn. But like I said, if you're 19, 20, 21 year old, I'm not sure that you know that yet. Right. Some do. Some do. Some do, but I don't think as a collective whole, they do. Right. That's a great point. And, you know, here on the show, we're often talking about problems. So we we talk about problems facing nurses or nursing students, and then we like to talk about solutions. So you've already shared some golden nuggets, and I'm putting them in the show notes, which will be at rnfmradio.com forward slash NCLEX. So I also want to turn the conversation 
towards the solution that you and your partner, Louise Jakubik, from the Nurse Mentoring Institute and Nurse Builders are beginning to offer in 2016. Don't you mean navigate, Keith? Yes, it could be navigate. It could be navigate. <laughs> yeah, well, considering and, uh, the, the, you know, where we're going to get to. I'm, I'm excited about this because if I already had test anxiety, um, this is a cool way to like even like eliminating that altogether. Just this, totally. just this environment yeah, that you guys absolutely. have created. Right. So, Renee, tell us about this new project. Kevin and I already know what it is. And I was there with you and Louise in New Jersey last month when we were excitedly discussing what this might mean. So what is it you are offering to the folks out there? Okay. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Louise, uh, since she's not on on the call today. Uh, Louise, as you said, um, Kevin, she um, owns a company called Nurse Builders, which is focused on the pediatric nurse population. She does a variety of... um, programs for pediatric nurses, NICU nurses, certification. She is an amazing instructor when it comes to the pediatric world. Um, But she's also very passionate about nurse mentoring. And she launched another company called the Nurse Mentoring Institute. And I met Louise several years ago. And we kind of just, you know, you meet people like you and Kevin, you know, both of you, where you just hit it off and you instantly become friends. And, And what I found out about Louise and what we've learned is that we're both passionate about very similar things. So even though I, I work with the adult population, I do very similar things as Louise. And we are passionate about giving nurses the tools that they need to ex- succeed in today's healthcare environment. And we were talking about this because, you know, my company, RT Connections, if you look at my tagline, it's to educate, connect, and inspire current and future nurses. And Louise and I are both so passionate about helping to support our newest population of nurses. And because we both teach certification and looking at uh, test taking, we're both really good at test taking strategies. We just started talking about offering something for uh, graduating nurses um, that will help them to successfully pass the NCLEX um, exam. And, you know, we, we recognize that nursing is the a service industry, you know, we're a service profession. And we know the stress and anxiety that these uh, students go through uh, during nursing school, especially towards the end, there's so many demands on them. So we thought, you know, and even with the changing healthcare landscape, we expect these new nurses to really hit the ground running. So we thought, you know what, why don't we put something together where we can offer our very, very best test-taking strategies, and I've given you some of them, but I, you know, I have lots more, to help them to successfully pass the NCLEX exam the first time and help them launch their first career as a nurse. Because, again, as we talked at the beginning of the program, the focus is on NCLEX, but nobody's really teaching them how to navigate through the complexities of that first year. So Louise and I thought, okay, we want to teach them test taking. We want to help them launch their career. And we actually want to provide an environment for them that's going to be nurturing, supportive, relaxing. They deserve it. They've worked hard. So we're launching um, this program on a cruise ship. So we've started a company called um, Cruise to RN Success. And one of the first events that we're doing is in May of 2016, and it's for senior nursing students to prepare to take the NCLEX exam and to launch their career successfully. So we're super excited about doing this, and it's really going to be targeting those newly graduated nurses 
who are serious about passing that NCLEX and being successful that first year out. Wow. And, you know, I, I, the, so many golden nuggets here, but one of the one of the two things, obviously, to highlight the, the just sort of sort of the, the nature of it being fun and relaxing as a cruise, because we think test anxiety, big, big thing here. So what a way to sort of help wash that away. But also, too, that this is not just test prep. I mean, you're, you're mm-hmm. taking your experience, both your combined experience as nurses and as you say, you know, a connector because you are a connector and helping these students and uh, j- just to literally level up their their idea of what it's going to mean to be a nurse and and not only just to how to take a test but to also find that continued success as they start out on the career which we know gets a little rocky you know we trip through it over the hurdles and bumps here trying to find our way through that once we pass the NCLEX and we think wow that's big I passed the NCLEX but goodness knows that that's just that's really the beginning of that journey so that that's amazing yeah, we're really excited about this. And here's what why Louise and I make uh, such great partners. You know, she is the expert on mentoring. She's done the research. She's done 10 years of research on on, on mentoring. And uh, I am the expert on bullying. And we both realized, you know, a while ago that you can't have a mentoring culture if you have a bullying culture. And how, you know, we work together to help organizations, you know, create a more mentoring culture by getting rid of the the bullying ones. And since we know that 60% of all new nurses quit their first job within the first month, six months due to the bad behavior of their employees, in this um, program, uh, Louise is going to talk about the power of mentoring, and I'm going to talk about how to protect and bully-proof yourself in your first job. So, uh, you know, there's just, you know, you're, you're taking somebody like Louise who has this amazing expertise, and, you know, my uh, expertise with, you know, uh, I've built nurse residency programs. I, I absolutely know what it takes to transition successfully into a clinical practice. And we're putting it all together in a nice little package and, you know, providing opportunities for these new nurses to enjoy themselves and to take a break. Oh, my gosh, they need a break. I know what it's like. What a great graduation gift from, say, the parents or the family to go on this cruise and and uh, have some fun, relax, kind of enjoy the sit on their laurels just a teeny little bit in terms of getting through nursing school and graduating and then do some heavy test preparation. So as long as the uh, alcohol consumption and partying don't go too deep at night so they can get up in the morning and do some studying, that would be great. Well, you got that right. And, you know, on (laughs) on the cruise, we're doing a carnival cruise and all the food and all the accommodations are included in the price except for alcohol. So, you know, just saying they're going to have to pay for their own alcohol. So Kevin, so. if you're coming along, you've got to pay for your own gluten-free alcohol. I will definitely do That's that. That's right. I will do that. Yeah. But yes. but but yeah. again, to highlight just to stress again, we know that the NCLEX is is very much at the end all be all as far as like getting the actual license. But then we're talking about beyond that to practice as a nurse, as a clinician. And I love the fact that you are helping these new nurses become more self-empowered and how to thread that those pieces together and and have those conversations that could be challenging for them in their practice. Because we heard the whole nurses eat your young or the bullying or the lateral violence, but actually you're helping them, you know, giving them so these tips and tricks and these tools to be more empowered and to get engaged in that dialogue to advocate for themselves as a nurse, as the profession, and hopefully extinguish some of those behaviors. But by not only practicing, in the, practicing that themselves, to start because that's where we should begin student nurses. And then of course what you're doing, 
but then also have those uh, challenging conversations if they, they're finding that in their workplace. And that's just amazing. That's the golden nugget or platinum or whatever metal you, you so appreciate. Your, your medal of choice. Your medal of right. choice. I mean, we're equal opportunity that's here. That's right. Yeah, equal opportunity, precious metals. So, Renee, I have a question to you because for you, you've mentioned something, and I've seen the other website that there's also something you're offering for experienced nurses like myself or Kevin. And is it the same thing in terms of is it preparing for certification courses on a cruise or is it something else? Well, here's what happened. So when um, Louise and I put this together and we started talking about it and, you know, I, I created a Facebook page, um, Cruise to RN Success and, you know, started sharing it with a lot of my colleagues. I had a lot of experienced nurses say, oh, what about us? Right. So we want to go on a cruise. We want to learn, you know, while we're enjoying ourselves. So we added a second track. We have a track now for experienced nurses. So it is the exact same Carnival Cruise Line, exact same dates, exact, I mean, it's the same ship. However, uh, we're carving out time each day separate from the um, graduating nurses. And here's how we're spinning this. This is for experienced nurses to relax and renew themselves in their practice. So some of the topics that we're going to be reviewing are things like communication essentials for today's successful nurse. Um, Louise does a wonderful talk on developing poise and confidence so that you, you look the part of a professional. We'll be talking about different career options for experienced nurses. Um, and, you know, one of uh, our favorite topics, and I know definitely, you know, both of you are absolute advocates for the power of using social, net, uh, social media for networking. Um, we'll be talking about some of the hot topics that are facing nurses today. We'll probably do a little conversation about the changes in the healthcare landscape and what nurses need to understand so that we can lead healthcare reform efforts. But this is an opportunity for experienced nurses. And, and I kind of look at the, the, the ideal nurse who wants to come to this is somebody who recognizes the importance of continuous learning, not only uh, for their professional growth, but also for their personal growth. And, you know, maybe somebody who's just a little frustrated or just needs a break and needs to have a little bit of pampering. And, you know, again, nursing is a service industry. We work so hard. We, we care for the public. We, we, we sacrifice our families, our friends, you know, our backs and our bladders, right, to, to care for strangers. You know, we work holidays. We leave our families at home and we go into work on Christmas Day. And, you know, uh, we don't always get. Um, you make it sound so fun. Care. I know. Well, you know, <laughs> well, but what what's speaking to me like right now, could, because Renee and Keith and the two of you and so many of our other folks here in our RNFM community, our family here that we always talk about self-care. But talking about like we talk about it, but talk about like walking that walk. You're on a cruise ship for Pete's sake. And you're talking about self-care and caring for yourself. You're already doing that. I mean, I realize like not every conference or gathering, you know, most of them are, there's a stage and there are groups of tables or you're in a building and not everything has to be on a crew. You know, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, like you've right. already taken that like next step to say like, you must really value your yourself and your self-care because you've already taken that step to do this, especially something that amazing. Absolutely. 
you know, we want them to feel pampered. We want these nurses to come, and whether you're a graduating nurse or you're an experienced nurse, we want you to have some fun for goodness sakes. Like, oh my goodness, we deal in life and death situations all the time. And even if you're not a bedside nurse, you know, I always say just because you're not a bedside nurse doesn't mean you don't feel the same stress, I, you know, and I always say my definition of stress is when you don't feel that you have the resources available to you to meet the demands that are placed upon you. Whether you work in an outpatient clinic, whether you work as a nurse educator, your faculty working for a school of nursing, whether you're nurse entrepreneurs, whether you I mean, fill in the blank, that stress is the same. And so to find an opportunity like this where you can come together with other professional nurses in an environment that is all about nurturing yourself and nurturing each other you learn something you enjoy i mean we're on a cruise we're going to the bahamas i can't think of a better way to oh, celebrate gosh. yeah your nursing career sounds sounds awful but you know, <laughs> um renee i wanted to ask i know we have to wrap it up here soon but will there be any formal interaction between the experienced nurses and the new grads formal meaning i don't mean like you know black tie and, you know, dress, but I mean, will there be meetings where they're all getting together to chat or will it be more informal kind of running across each other? Now we're going to have at the, the, as soon as the, the, the cruise ship uh, launches, um, we're going to have a meet and greet and that's going to be for everybody. So we want there to be mingling between and networking between the experienced nurses and the, the new nurses. And, and I'll, I'll say this very quickly. I started a meetup group and, you know, meetup is kind of taking that social media virtual world and bringing it back to face to face. So I have a meetup in Pittsburgh called Nurses Mentoring Nurses, and it's for experienced nurses like myself to come together in a casual environment with students and new nurses under this umbrella of support, nurturing. You know, we really want, uh, my, my intent with this is to show them that we don't all eat or young, that there are so many of us who actually want to support and nurture and help grow our newest generation of nurses. We want to do the same thing on this cruise. That's we cool. want these new nurses to know that there are many of us out there who truly value these this newest uh, population of nurses. Well, and let's let's really highlight some huge wins here that I'm seeing. So, for one, the I remember you know as a student nurse, a new graduate, having that twinkle in my eye or that spring in my step about becoming a nurse, be, being a licensed nurse, and couldn't wait to start. And so then you're giving that opportunity. So they're there and then you're introducing them or getting them together with nurses who might not feel as invigorated about their career, have that twinkle, or maybe that fire is just kind of starting to fade. And, and maybe that, that helps reinvigorate them, like re-empower them to really yep. love the profession. So huge wins there for sure. And then also too, putting perspective on both sides. So the student nurse or, or new graduate has an opportunity to speak with an experienced nurse, get used to that dialogue and getting comfortable with that because ultimately, you know, after that NCLEX is passed and, to, you know, you get your license and then you're going to have a preceptor and be working with an experienced nurse. So that kind of strategy, helping them be able to communicate effectively with an experienced nurse and having experienced nurses see, again, that twinkle, that, you know, being reinvigorated about their own careers again as nurses and maybe even signing up or wanting to precept and getting excited about precepting rather than they don't take the cruise and they're feeling a little burned out or stressed out about their job. And then the nurse manager says, Hey, I really need you to precept. Like we've got four new graduates or, you know, four mm -hmm. new nurses. Oh crud. But see, we get to see that perspective uh -huh. on a cruise right. in the Bahamas, 
you know, and yeah. so like your mind is a little bit more open than maybe it would have been prior. Right. But then you might get people coming to work in flip flops and shorts because they feel like, oh, I'm so <laughs> relaxed in this milieu. I just, you know, I've got to go to the floor, you know, dressed for success. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's okay. That wouldn't be necessarily a bad thing as long as they quickly change into their uniform, well, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you need closed toed shoes and professional dress, right? Exactly. So, Renee, I know that the um, the URL for the cruise for the NCLEX test takers is cruise2nclex.com. And that's T-O-2, not number two. So cruise2nclex.com. The cruise for the professional nurses, the seasoned nurses, is cruise2rnsuccess.com. We will have those links, of course, in the show notes at rnfmradio.com forward slash NCLEX. And I also want to point out that people can find you and the amazing work you do at rtconnections.com. That's Renee Thompson Connections. So rtconnections.com. You're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Pinterest. You're everywhere. And Louise can be found mostly at, um, I believe it's nursebuilders.com and the rnmentoringinstitute.com. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. That is correct. Yeah. Great. So we want people to be able to find you all, connect with you on social media. And is there a Facebook page for the cruise process or is it really just going to the website at this juncture? There is a Facebook page. Um, it's uh, Cruise to RN Success um, on Facebook. You can like our Facebook page. And actually what we're doing is every Tuesday we're putting a, a test taking tip. So it's Tuesday test taking tips. So anybody, even if you can't come to the cruise, you can at least like our page and check out our test taking tip of the week. Great. Like how many, um, how many margaritas not to have like, for <laughs> before the test? you take the test? <laughs> that would be bad. That's an easy I one. always say don't yeah, That's don't drink alcohol before the exam. Don't, you know, don't drink a lot of caffeine before the exam. All these, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Do this, do this, don't do that. Yeah, alcohol is definitely on the don't list. Definitely, definitely. If I could, uh, I would like to just remind people, if they really are interested, that our, uh, we have an early, early bird fee. Um, so our date, if um, somebody's interested to catch the early bird rate, is January 22nd. So that's coming up. Before you know it, it'll be here, especially if you are looking at having somebody maybe give this to you as a, a Christmas present, a graduation present, or just a present to yourself. You really want to save some money by registering by January 22nd. Um, the regular uh, rate, that deadline is March 4th because we have to give our cabin assignment to the, the cruise ship. Um, after March 1st, uh, 4th, uh, it'll be on a case-by-case -case basis if we actually have a, a cabin room available. But the cruise is actually in May. Um, it is yeah, May 23rd to 27th. Is that correct? You, you yeah. got it. Kevin's you, got Kevin. it in his calendar already. <laughs> I can tell. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, definitely you want to, you know, register before that early bird, uh, fee goes away. That's right. Well, great. Well, we should get this out to some nursing schools, to those nursing students who are facing graduation in May. Yeah. Yeah, right. definitely. Okay. Well, Renee, we're definitely going to have you back on the show to talk more about your bullying work. And Louise Jakubik is scheduled to be on in about a month to talk about mentoring and her work at the Nurse Mentoring Institute, where you and I were both at the annual conference with her last month in New Jersey. So we're going to have both of you back on the show 
Louise will be on the show in early 2016, and we'll have you on at the whatever time is right for your very busy schedule. I know you travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, w- we'd love to. Uh, yeah, we'll schedule something definitely in 2016. Great, and we'll have to have Kevin Wear Sobrero for that. Yes, and we'll have to have margaritas on the talk. Definitely, indeed, without a doubt. <laughs> Without cool, because I don't have to take gluten-free. any tests. I can have margaritas and wear some. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm done. I'm yeah. done. Right. Gluten-free margaritas for Kevin. All <laughs> exactly. Day. Awesome. So much fun. So much fun, Renee. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. It really was a pleasure. And I, I always get excited to catch up with you, even if it's virtually. I know. Thank you so much, you two. Big air hugs to both of you. And uh, may you have a wonderful holiday season. I don't know about you, but I know about me. I am ready to pack my bags and hit this cruise. We wanted to remind you that, again, the cruise is May 23rd to 27th, 2016, and the early bird pricing to get in by January 22nd, 2016 to get that early bird pricing. And why wouldn't you? I mean, you'd want to save a few dollars. Whatever it is that you need to do to get to that point where you've got some time off, you can take some time off, you get people to cover your shifts if you work shifts or whatever your situation I think this is the way to do it. Whether you're a student nurse, new graduate, getting to to be, become a new graduate, to study for those NCLEX uh, exams, and you need this. I mean, you definitely need to get away. You need to get a little R&R after nursing school and then learn from some of the best. And then also those seasoned, experienced, ultra-savvy nurses out there, you also need some time away. You need some time to get some fresh perspective, to feel rejuvenated in your career, I mean, this is just a win-win. So many times I've said it on the show today, it is a win-win. Anyway, without just running off at the mouth here and just keeping on going, because that's what I'll do, we just want to end. We can't begin to tell you how much we appreciate one of the most important investments you're making here, and that is your time and attention to RNFM Radio. Of course, you know, we'd likely still be doing this, but it just wouldn't be as fun without you. So RNFM Radio is hosted by Keith Carlson at Nurse Keith, our lovely Elizabeth Scala at Elizabeth Scala, and myself, Kevin Ross at Innovative Nurse. And we want to thank again Renee Thompson at RT Connections. So find your passion, execute on those ideas, rinse and repeat. We'll see you back here with us again on our next episode of RNFM Radio. Radio.